Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of our online TEDx talk series. Today, we are joined by Professor Dirk de Wachter. Uh, he's one of the most renowned practicing psychiatrists of Belgium, and he has asked a lot in the media for his expertise on human psychopathology. He is also a gifted teacher at KUL, among others to the Faculty of Psychological Sciences. And he's the author of several books, among which best-selling Borderline Times. And we have the honor of speaking to him today. So first of all, thank you very much for taking the time to join for this interview. Thank you, it's an honor for me. I always like uh, an audience of young people. So it's great. So, well, this format of interviewing is quite new for us and it's our first time experimenting with online content. But, okay. you, but you must have done, uh, on top of your work as a psychiatrist, a lot of interviews like these lately in the media. And I've done uh, hundreds of interviews in total, but last few weeks, of course, these strange interviews with Zoom and Skype and all these things, which... Uh, I don't like. In fact, mm. I would like to have you here to meet in real life and to see each other. But okay, this is plan B. That's uh, what is necessary because of the virus. That's the way it is, exactly. Yeah. So, but how are you managing the workload right now? How are you handling it? Well, I thought some lectures, they, they, they were cancelled because of uh, all the situation. I thought I will have some calmer periods and things will be nice and quiet. And that is not the case, not at all. Because I have many interviews and many lectures, even webinar lectures and questions and answers like in this format. Uh, all kind of things, all kind of questions. Lots of questions from the media also. Lots of questions from patients, from groups of patients. So I'm working quite hard. And in, in another way, of course, I don't need to drive around the country or, or other places to give a lecture there. So that's, that's mo maybe more easy, but it is, uh, it is rather hard to speak to a camera all, all day mm. with, with all kind of uh, reunions and, and consultations even and things like that. So it is a strange time, in fact, and uh, I've got a lot of work. So, but I'm honored that I'm asked for, uh, for these kind of interviews. Do I try to do my best, right? Well, uh, it's for sure that your time management can be an example for the students in their exams right now. Uh, dealing <laughs> okay. with the work yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so you wrote a book some time ago called The Borderline Times, exploring today's society, in fact, diagnosing today's society, according right. to the nine symptoms of borderline personality disorder. And it turned out in the book that we qualify, or at least we can see those nine symptoms uh, coming back throughout our society. But this was a while ago, this was back in 2012, and a lot has changed since then. But have we changed as human beings? Doing your assessment today, do you think we would still meet the nine symptoms? Without any doubt, without any doubt. I think we were even more into these symptoms than uh, eight years ago. I always like to quote the French writer, the French author, Michel Houellebecq, who says things are going worse. Ça va être pire 
en français. Hein? Things are going worse and worse. So I'm not a pessimist like Willebeck, but I think that the, the things that I described in the book Uh, go further. Huh? The, the, the problems of loneliness, the problems of uh, not knowing what to do with your life, the problems of uh, relationships breaking up, things like that, they have not changed. In, instead, they, they go further. So I think the, the analysis, analysis is still uh, working. In fact, if, when I, when I uh, was thinking about the book, I did not have the, the, the idea to, to make a book about society. I had the idea to make a book about psychiatry. And my idea was, well, let's see how psychiatry is part of the world. But then the book became very famous for a broad public, a broad audience. And they, they said, well, the world is becoming psychiatric. It was, in fact, the other way around. I, I, my thesis was psychiatry is more normal than we think. But the public, they read the book, the, the world is more abnormal than we think. The other way around. Okay. Yeah. In fact, of course, the effect is the same. Huh? But, but it, was, it was a bit strange for me to see that the book was read by a large audience of non-psychiatric uh, Uh, people and they they said well that's how we are we are all stuck in this world of problems it was strange for me too so yeah it was more a testament to the fact that what, what we consider normal or that at least the border between normal and abnormality is hard to distinguish Absolutely, yeah. And my thesis, of course, that is my patients, my so-called patients, they are more normal than we imagine. We, the non-patients, so to speak. My discourse is always to go for the patients who are described in, in, in the so-called mainstream life as strange And, uh, and on the outskirts of society and dangerous sometimes even and, and we cannot understand them. And my thesis are more like all of us than we think. Mm, yeah. and, and I still believe that that is uh, humble said that that is an, an interesting thesis eh? to, I think that psychiatry and symptoms of the so-called psychiatric patient can learn the world what the problems of the world are There were, most of the time, we like to see psychiatric problems as strange and outside of the normal world. And I put them in the center of the normal world. And I say, well, listen to your patients because they can tell you how we all are. It's a strange paradox. And I never thought that it would be so so broadly accepted in the in the mainstream world mm. but it makes us think uh, i hope yeah and it was certainly for most people i think a shock then to read uh, the book and to find out that that we're actually quite close to what is called psychopathology 
right. That was my yeah. thesis. That was yeah. my thesis, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, from time to time, the book was written a bit provocative and, and, and a bit shocking even. But of course, you always have to write a book to make some effect. And uh, I think that... Uh, if it wasn't the media, it was everywhere at certain times. It was strange for me because, of course, as a psychiatrist, I, I have my work in the, in the darkness of, of, of my consultation where, mm -hmm. I, where I listen to patients in, in, in this very strange relationship where nobody comes in. And now with this book, I, I came in the media and I had my talking uh, for broad audiences. So it was very strange for me that uh, the change from this consultation room to the, the media. Huh? Yeah. But here I am. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Let's talk a bit about the future. So we talked about now the, the assessment of today, but once we, and I'm talking about the next generation, take up our pl place in society, what will that be like, do you think? What do you expect of us and what do you expect for us youngsters? Well, I am not, it's very important to, to, to say, I am not a pessimist. I'm not an apocalyptic thinker. I am very critical for our times because I think that being critical is necessary to change things. Huh? I'm not critical to, to, to say the world is on its, on its end. This is the end of our culture, just like the end of the Roman Empire or something. Not at all. I believe very much in the power of young people who can, and it's, it's the fact in every generation, who can build new, new society. Huh? And uh, my book is, in fact, a kind of wake-up, call to say well people these and these and these are the problems let's think about it and let's work on it and i'm a psychiatrist so what i do with society is the same mechanism as what i want to do in my consultation with individual patients or with couples or families i'm a systems therapist and that is that i'm i'm not giving the concrete solutions when people come to me they say doctor i don't feel good what can i do huh? give me a pill and then i say well well take it easy let's talk tell me your story where do you come from what is your world what are your what your parents your beloved people what is your family what do you like to do how is your life and then i hope talking about this and maybe asking some questions about some things then i hope that people go home and not even the day they go home, but maybe afterwards, they think about it and they have new ideas and they, they can try and begin to take their own life in their hands and look for their own solutions. Mm -hmm. That's what I do in my consultation. I don't give the solutions. That does not work. People have to find their own solution. That is the real therapeutic work. And that's what I want to do with my books and with my talks, that is asking questions, talking about the world, seeing what happens as a phenomenologist so that people themselves, the audience, they can think and they can start to think, well, there he has a point there, maybe he's right there. And sometimes they may think, well, no, there he's wrong, no problem. 
I am not right all the time because right does not exist. It is a, a, it is a dialogue of questions, hypotheses, sometimes provocative, sometimes strange, out-of-the-box hypotheses. But people in the world, and I hope young people, they start to think, they start to, to look for their own solutions. A new generation of people who look for their own solution, which is a mechanism of every generation in the, in, in the human race. Huh? But I hope that my talk is not a pessimistic talk. It is a critical talk, which can begin, can take a beginning of change. Huh? Mm. And I believe that. that that's why I, I do all this, this talking and all this, all this writing, because I believe that young people have the power to, to change things. Huh? And how that must be, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not the one who says you have to live like this or like this. I do not know. I talk about the problems that I see and that I hear in my consultation because my inspiration are my patients. And that's the hypothesis that I said before because I think that vulnerable people, sensible people, they, they feel the world more sensible and more vulnerable and visionary before the so-called mainstream people know what it's about. So mm -hmm. I like to be the spokesman of those vulnerable people because I think they have something to say and I think that the mainstream people can think about it if they want. Mm -hmm. That's the mechanism. That's how I think my work can be can be of some interest. Yeah. So the young people should think about their role in society. Yeah. Reflection, but, thinking, yeah. being critical. That's what we need. That's that's what intellectuality is is for. That's why we have brains. Eh? Think, reflect. Uh, but it's not a criterion for you that they should then take responsibility about yes of course of course uh, okay yeah, yeah that's what i that's what stefan hessel always said huh? see what the problems are and come out of your bulb of 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 feeling fantastic wow i am fantastic it's not true you are not fantastic you're okay huh? but there are problems in the world so come out of this selfish bulb and see what you can do. Engagez-vous. It is, yeah, it, it is an, an, an invitation for responsibility. Do something for that. That's what life is about, I think. I think life is about caring. It's about yeah. doing something for another. It's about living together. It's about taking care for those who, who are vulnerable. That's the, and it is not only a task of altruism. It is the sense of being, taking care, doing something gives the feeling when I, my life is, it makes, makes sense. What I do is, is seen. And that is the most fundamental thing of human life, I think. Mm -hmm. Far more important than just making fun 
and you may make fun. Eh? There's no problem with making fun because you can always see my, my, my talk as a cynic, in a cynical way and say, oh, he doesn't like us to make fun. Make fun, but take care. That's my message. That, come close, that comes close to a, another question I wanted to ask you. Um, like in many interviews, like just before you say, it's wrong to think that life has to be fun uh, all the time that um, right. we should right. learn more to be unhappy. It can be fun and it's okay yeah. to have fun, but sometimes, really, sometimes it is a bit less fantastic. Sometimes it's boring, sometimes it's crazy, sometimes it's, it's terrible because we well, have, still yeah. have problems with our health or with our older parents or with our children who do not do what we dreamt or, or with, with uh, other people, with our boss who, and things like that. So that's life, that's life. And it's not, it's not bad because if we can think about those problems and we can share them with our, with our family, with our beloved partners, with, with, with good friends, it makes a good connection and it gives a good feeling. It's very strange, it's stra another strange paradox. It is in the connection of the problems and, and, and the, 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 the terrible things of life that we feel that we need each other. Without problems, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have love in life. It's very strange to say. My wife says, you say strange things, but I think, um, I think it's, it's, <laughs> I have to say it like that. Well, don't you think then in that sense that the current situation, the life in isolation, life away from parties, from fun, and with the people that matter often, with your family, with your uh, beloved ones, or even sometime by yourself, can't that be a reminder that life is more than all that fun and partying? Can't this of course be an eye-opener here yeah. that's what i hope i hope this crisis is of course terrible for many people eh? and i i think we have to take care also as a psychiatrist i think we will have uh, lots of work after this quarantine and things like that but i hope that people don't will not only feel very bad and hope that things go over and then they can go again to this fun-like, wellness-like world, but that some people will reflect and say, okay, what is really essential? Now I have some time because we go slower and we are, we are in our small bubbles here. Let's think, let's read. Let's look at that talks. Let's, let's try to reflect let's 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 make this time useful to think about the essential things of life that would be a good thing and i think some people will do this i i'm sure about that not everybody that's not possible but i hope some people and especially young people will will take this as an opportunity as as a, as yeah the the good the good thing out of this crisis i hope so i hope and i'm i think it will be like that yes so you think that we will come out of this crisis with a society that's more aware of the other that's more i hope so i'm i'm not sure of course i'm i'm okay. afraid that many people will just rush and and go for the the the, the, the same world 
with this consumption and his, uh, his uh, things like that. But I'm, I think some people will reflect on the, the real basic things of life and maybe on the long run, this is a new motivation for change on the long run. I don't think that within a few weeks when the crisis is, is over and we can meet again, we'll see, huh? that everything will change. Um, I, I don't think so. I don't think that now everything will change. But I hope that under the skin, some minor changes and reflections will keep on working the future. And it's up to a young generation to, 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 to be aware of the necessary connections we have to make, the necessary uh, engagements we have to make, the, the, the responsibility, the things we said before. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not pessimistic about that on the long run. Okay. Well, talking again, again about this responsibility, um, I had a class recently where a professor had a passionate monologue, as professors often do, um, motivating us to engage more in top-level decision-making, motivating us okay. to deliver input and not to assume that experts always know better. And he yes. then gave the example of the university who is changing their policy towards the next academic year because of the, uh, the, the measures that will still be in place. So sure. should we students take more responsibility on that part to- Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, absolutely. That's my opinion too. Huh? I, I always say, speak up, please. I, uh, we, we are, this generation, you're okay, you know, but speak up because I think there is a potential that is not used enough. Mm. There are young people with fantastic ideas, with creativity, with energy, and I think you you should speak up more. Yeah, I fully agree about that. Engage yourself uh, because it's to you, it's up to you, and it should start now. Don't wait until you're stuck into these sometimes very rigid structures of uh, career and success and all these things. Now that you still have the freedom, to to think and to to learn and 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 to to connect together and have strange ideas and new ideas it's that's the power of young people uh, yeah sure I'm, I'm i totally agree with this uh, monologue colleague never assume always ask that's uh, that's the message that he that he gave to us yes Sure, sure. Yeah, but I, I try not to. You, of course, you, you, you try to have answers for me, but I like not to give close answers. Do this, do this, do that. No, I say, well, I don't know. The not knowing. Huh? That's what I do. When, once again, what I do with my patients is saying, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that you know. This is my position of hope. Huh? I have the hope that the young generations has the new answers for the new world. Mm. I get older, I have the questions because I've seen in the world and I hear from my patients and from, from other people where things go wrong. So I say this and this are the problems. What do you think about that? And then I hope, and in fact, I'm, I'm sure that a new generation of intelligent 
reflecting young people can take their responsibility in this world far more than I can. Yeah, but because going back to university, we have a student council uh, yes. who gives advice to the uh, to the Kaerleuven board, but and we vote for them every year. But I don't know many people who vote for them, uh, which means they they don't have the numbers of students backing them up. So right now there's not a lot of credibility on that part. So that could be improved. Well, of course, I dream of a university where students have far more uh, engagement, where they not only do their exams and have their points and so they can start their career, but in fact, the university should be a place of young people where they can reflect over the several uh, faculties and, and they, they can engage themselves in the world. In fact, that is a, a very important task for a university for me. Not only learn, you have to learn also, eh? but not only learning just one way to, towards some career, but also in a broad sense, thinking reflecting, mm. being critical, engaging, and things like that. I think that's a very important thing for a university, which is maybe the last few years a bit, a bit less uh, on the foreground. But I hear from your question that it is still alive. So that's, mm. that's a good thing. Yeah. It's still alive, that's for sure. Very good, yeah. So and engage yourself in that. Yes, I will. I will do it more. I now have two okay. monologues of two professors. Um, okay. That's and, okay. and what's what's your feedback on the university's current approach? Do you have what is my feedback on the university's approach? Um, well, I think, in fact, I think that I'm not sure about that. That most of my colleagues, most of the professors, they will agree. They were young too, you know. They will agree that it is important for a university to learn young people to, to reflect and to engage and to have a broad view in the world. And not only to have their, their, their points to, to, for their exam. I think most professors will agree. Um, I think so, yeah. Hmm. So, okay. so it's up to you students to to engage yourself into that uh, movement, so to say. Yeah, I think you will, for most uh, professors, you, you, you will have sympathy, yeah. That's good to know, and a beautiful message as well to, to our students. Um, to conclude, uh, let's say by tomorrow, everything is allowed again, there are no measures. What is the first thing that you would like to do again? Me, personally. Mm. In my yes. personal life, you mean? Personal life. That's a personal question. If well, you want to answer it, you, you're Yes, free. yes, yes, sure, sure. I wouldn't answer otherwise. But, uh, well, I would go, I would like to go to Paris, a city where I love to come, where I studied and things like that. And I would like to have a big uh, birthday party there because I had my birthday in March and I had a big party in Paris, but it was canceled. All my friends, they, they would like to come and I, we had lots of plans, uh, walking the streets and doing museum and com concerts and things like that. And it was all canceled. So whenever possible, I would like to have that uh, birthday thing 
back in Paris. So that's my personal wish. That are w some wonderful plans, and uh, sure. and we we thank you for this conversation and this uh, this beautiful um, answering to our questions. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey everyone, this was the first episode of Extra Time, the official podcast of TEDx KU Leuven, the TEDx event at Leuven, held at the University of Leuven. We are very thrilled that you listened to this one. It was very interesting to talk to Dirk de Wachter, um, a renowned Belgian psychiatrist. It was really unique to have him on the podcast. And we hope you liked it. If you do, be sure to subscribe to all of our podcast platforms, uh, among which Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. And we will make sure to provide you with content throughout the academic year. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs>